0: Resouvious.
1: Tasmania.
0: Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony.
1: And I'm Alex. Okay, really quick before we start, I wanted to say a quick thank you to a couple of our listeners who actually did let us know about things that we didn't know about in prior episodes, in prior discussions.
0: Usually we ask questions not thinking somebody will say something and then they did.
1: <laughs> yeah, they did. So thank you. And I'm going to mention what those two things were. So the first one was In episode 121, actually, we talked about hat tricks, um, and we brought up that we didn't know where that term came from, (laughs) and it seemed kind of random. Well, shout out to listener Caesar for sending us some info on that, uh, which I will now read to you. Okay. So apparently this is just a theory. Also, this is from a website, Um, (laughs) phrases.org.uk. There aren't records on this, but the theory goes that this term originated in cricket and the specific circumstances surrounding that were that someone in the cricket game doing a thing three times in a row, dismissing three batsmen. And I don't know what that means because I'm not familiar with cricket. But I
0: think you just go out on the, on the, the pitch and you're just like, no, no. Get,
1: please leave please, now.
0: You're, you're dismissed.
1: That's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, if you did that three times, then someone would take up a collection to buy you a new hat either that or a hat was passed around for donations and the person that did the thing would get to keep the money and okay. that explains why it's called a hat trick but not why it's a trick right and, and this yeah. article wasn't exactly clear on why it's called a trick so it's a little unclear but there, se- there seems to be a general consensus that the it's term gotta originated like,
0: it's got to be like you're performing a trick and then that's somehow rewarded hatly
1: Yes <laughs> you're doing something that's what's so the, magical. What's the adverb it's like a trick.
0: form of hat
1: <laughs> hatley
0: hatley yeah, it has to be yeah
1: hatley. you are rewarded Hatley for your <laughs> trick um the- yeah, so the consensus is that it originated in cricket in the eighteen hundreds, and since that time, a bunch of other sports adopted the term to mean all different things, depending on the sport so so yeah, that was this fun fact. Thank you for sending that to us, and uh. The second one was actually from last week. We talked about whether or not ice can be salty. What can ice be salty, though? (laughs) Did that jog um, your memory? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shout out and thank you to listener Maurice for letting us know that, yes, in fact, ice can be salty. Uh, Sea water does freeze into ice, but salt just lowers the freezing point of ice, so it makes it it has to be much colder for it to freeze basically okay. and so that's why it's used in so many instances to like keep ice from forming because you just assume that the temperature won't get cold enough to form ice right. that's all but but it can still be in ice it just has to be really really super cold
0: and if you like that ice would it be salty then
1: i think so gross anyway yeah we just wanted to start out with a thank you and um i'm sure more questions will come up as we continue to have discussions about uh things all we don't understand things so <laughs> Yes, we always welcome your input, and we're always trying to learn more, so thank you. All right, so my first story today is animal news. Okay, this is from the BBC, and the headline is, Tasmanian devils reintroduced into the Australian wild.
0: Ooh, that's yeah. exciting.
1: Yeah. Like a so, Looney Tune. Exactly, and that's exactly what they look like, and they make little tornadoes. Yeah,
0: I thought night. Duh. They wouldn't (laughs) lie to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a cartoon wouldn't lie. A cartoon wouldn't misrepresent animals. So, uh, (laughs) uh, that was sarcasm. Okay, Tarthmanian (laughs) devils have been reintroduced into the wild in mainland Australia for the first time in 3,000 years. I guess they've never done this before in a human effort, I'm assuming, since it's 3,000 years. Yeah, apparently. Conservation groups released 26 of the mammals into a large sanctuary in Barrington Tops, which is north of Sydney. Uh, Conservation group Aussie Ark worked with other groups to release the the Tasmanian devils into the 1,000-acre fenced sanctuary. The animals were placed there to help keep their chances of survival high. Um, The first group of 15 were actually released back in March, and then after those animals showed signs of thriving in their environment, a further 11 were released recently, and another 40 are set to be released there over the next two years. So the Tasmanian devil is classified as endangered, um, this article noted that it gets its name from its high-pitched squeal, and it's renowned for fighting over access to animal carcasses, which it grinds with the bone-crushing force of its jaws. Oh. <laughs> um, that's a cool hobby. They're, <laughs> so apparently they're, they're pretty powerful. They have pretty po- powerful crushing abilities um
0: oh why are they why are they endangered then they seem like they should be fine
1: yeah i don't i mean i'm assuming because they're small and maybe they just have some a lot of natural predators i guess Mm. uh so they said that there are still some of these animals on the island of tasmania but their numbers have dwindled over the past two decades um it didn't really say why um but this also noted that animal experts say that they pose no threat to humans or agriculture so there's no like environmental Repercussion, like negative reasons to reintroduce them, so they're just trying to like bring up their populations because they're endangered. So, huh. yeah.
0: All right. Well, welcome back, little guys.
1: Yeah, they're kind of cute. Please
0: don't crush my bones.
1: But they're probably dangerous.
0: But. Yeah. Well, yeah, just don't, just keep your hands away from their mouths, probably. Yeah,
1: because they could probably crush your hands really easily.
0: Yeah. Quite, since they crush yeah.
1: bones easily. Like With this disturbing said, so.
0: simplicity, it would be right. very
1: easy for them. Yeah. But they're cute.
0: Yeah, adorable. Except for the bone thing. My first story is science news. This is from CNN. Scientists find intact brain cells in skull of man killed in Vesuvius eruption nearly 2,000 years ago. What? Intact brain cells. Not like living, but...
1: (laughs) The brain was alive. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They found... Wow. That seems incredibly... Unexpected?
0: Yeah. Well, there's a special process that made it possible. Oh. The discovery was made when experts studied remains first uncovered in the 1960s in Herculaneum, which was a city buried in ash during the volcanic eruption in AD 79. We all hear about Pompeii. Nobody talks about Herculaneum, do they?
1: No, they don't really.
0: And there were probably a lot of other cities that were affected by it, but we only ever talk about Pompeii. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, the victim, who was found lying face down in a wooden bed in a building thought to have been devoted to the worship of the emperor Augustus uh, was around 25 years old at the time of his death. According to the researchers, the victim was 25 years old, not emperor Augustus. I mean, <laughs> he might've been, but that wasn't, but that's separate. It was a weirdly formed sentence is all I'm pointing out there. Um, <laughs> uh, Pier Paolo Patron, a forensic anthropologist. That's a person's What's name. What's his name? Pierre. I guess it's Pierre. It's P I E R like Pierre. But maybe it's just Pierre. Pierre. Pierre Paolo Patron.
1: That's so majestic sounding. It's a
0: very good name. It's triple P's. Like, it's a great, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Who's a forensic anthropologist at the University of Naples, Frederico II. (sighs) The sequel to the (laughs) University of Naples, Frederico. He led the research. He told CNN that the project started when he saw quote, some glassy material shining from within the skull while he was working near the skeleton in 2018. In a paper published earlier this year in the New England Journal of Medicine, Patrone and his colleagues revealed that this shiny appearance was caused, caused by the vitrification of the victim's brain due to intense heat followed by rapid cooling. So basically, because of the explosion, like... They record. They somehow determined from wood around him that the temperature must have gone to like 500 degrees. Wow. Fahrenheit or Celsius, I don't remember. Um, but then, like, because it was all coated in ash, it like rapidly cooled or something. And that's and that's the process by which like his brain was vitrified and like it's essentially a brain fossil. That just, like, happened really quickly. Wow. Um, After um, subsequent analysis, including the use of an electron microscope, the team found cells in the vitrified brain which were, quote, incredibly well-preserved with a resolution that is impossible to find anywhere else, uh, according to the team. Hmm. The researchers also found intact nerve cells in the spinal cord, which, like the brain, had been vitrified. Uh, so the team of researchers who are archaeologists, biologists, forensic scientists, neurogeneticists, and mathematicians from Naples, Milan, and Rome will continue studying the remains. They want to learn about the vitrification process, including the exact temperatures victims were exposed to, as well as the cooling rate of the ash, and are also hoping to analyze proteins from the remains and their related genes, according to Patrone. Because this is like the only chance we're going to have to analyze the brain the brain cells of somebody from that time period. Yeah. Cause nothing has been so well preserved.
1: I want them to put those brain cells into a robot uh-huh. and then make the robot be that person.
0: Do you think the robot would just start immediately screaming?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> because
0: there's an eruption and like,
1: yeah, they would be like, where am I? And then we would say, you're, Hundreds of years into the future,
0: uh-huh, and
1: then we would ask them about what life was like back then,
0: and then they'll be like, "I don't speak English <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay i I didn't think this through um before I proposed it um, <laughs> I'll have to plan this a little bit more, and i'll and I'll let you know what my revised plan for this is all
0: right have it on my desk by next week
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay my next story is entertainment news this is from gizmodo and the headline is the game of thrones prequel bends the knee and casts Patty considine as king viserys targaryen have we, have, we talked about, <laughs> <laughs> have we talked about the Game of Thrones prequel idea on I the thought, show before? Didn't those
0: all get canceled?
1: See, that's what I thought too, but I guess one of them is back on now. Oh,
0: because I thought so, there were multiple and they all got canceled well, for some reason. there were
1: multiple ideas and they were like deciding which one they wanted to do. And then I never, uh, I don't remember ever hearing that they announced that they officially were going to do one, but apparently they actually cast someone for one. Okay. This week. So I don't know if I just missed when they announced that they were for sure going to, like, do one of these, or yeah. this is kind of that announcement, but...
0: I've definitely missed that, if that happened.
1: Yeah, I, I I did, too. So now we know. Now you know, now I know, now everyone knows. Apparently, <laughs> they're going to do a prequel, and it's um, slated to be out on HBO um, in 2022.
0: Okay, so a little while away. So,
1: oh it, yeah, it's still it's still a while away, but... And it's going to be all about the Targaryens. It's going to take place like hundreds of years before the time, like the events of the the current show. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, what does this say about it? <laughs> Basically, the news is just that they cast someone to play one of the main characters, who I guess is King Viserys. Okay. Or Viserys. I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah, I don't know. This guy, his name's Patty Con- Considine. I don't know how to pronounce his name. And I didn't know his name, but I recognize his face because I've seen him in other stuff. He's He was in um, The Outsider, which you probably didn't watch because it was a scary thing. But nope. that was another HBO show. Um, and that was good. And then this also said that he's been in The Girl with All the Gifts, The Worlds, and Hot Fuzz, and In America. Nope. Are all like films that he's never, been in, I never guess. Never seen so. any of those. I, I don't think I've seen those either. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, the one thing I have seen him—he's pretty good. So okay, yeah, and his character, uh, according to a statement, was chosen by the lords of Westeros. What? Westeros.
0: Oh, the character. The was. The character was. I yeah. thought you were saying that they like cast him, and then they're like, and then his character was chosen by the lords. He, sh- you shall play. No, no, okay. no.
1: Um, the the guy that they cast him for was uh-huh. chosen by the lords of is it westeros westeros i, don't, I never i don't know uh, yeah, I don't to know. um succeed <laughs> the old king jaehris targaryen at the great council of Harrenhal, a warm kind and decent man viserys only wishes to carry forward his grandfather's legacy but as we've learned from game of thrones good men do not necessarily make great kings oh, he's, so he's 16. gonna
0: probably just die in like the first probably. episode <laughs> that's exactly what i thought that's exactly what i thought like,
1: it, so they cast him and the his death is going to set a chain of events in motion for yeah, the whole almost show. Almost certainly.
0: Okay. All right. Or <laughs> or Game of Thrones is doing the ultimate subversion of expectations and nobody dies in this season.
1: That would be show. very shocking.
0: Yeah.
1: Um Yeah. But yeah, so sounds like they're cons- like they're seriously planning for it. So, all right. I'm I'm for it. I'm excited.
0: Cool. My next story is technology news. This is from CBS. Instagram to hide negative comments on posts.
1: What? Interesting. <laughs> what? How do I feel about this? <laughs> what? What?
0: what? <laughs> Sorry. That's just I
1: don't know why it. I said that. Like I was like, what?
0: Like we're so offended, just like, <gasps> surely not. Sh- no. Sh-
1: I wasn't offended. I just was like, <laughs> I was
0: just, was just uh,
1: n- not sure how to read. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: So, Instagram said that it will begin to automatically hide negative comments and posts, one of several new steps the social media platform is taking to reduce bullying and harassment, which sounds great. That sounds great. Uh, since that's a huge. Huge, huge problem in social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram has been testing the feature in recent days and said it will target comments that users have reported as inappropriate in the past. So it's basically going to build up, like, kind of, I assume through some kind of machine learning or something, like based on oh, comments yeah. that have been reported, like, this comment looks a lot like one that's been reported in the past, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, users must now click the View Hidden Comments button to unveil a negative comment that has been uncovered instead of them being shown by default. All right. uh, Instagram has also tweaked its comment warning feature, which I think we've actually talked about before, where to like warn you, like, "Hey, this comment looks maybe negative, like maybe yeah. bad or something." Um, that brings a bell. Yeah, it sounded familiar. After a user writes a potentially offensive comment, but before the comment is posted, a pop-up message will now appear that reads, "This may go against our guidelines." The pop-up message notifies users that if they post a negative comment, it will likely be hidden and that Instagram may investigate whether to delete the user's account. So I don't know if the functionality changed so much as like the warning changed to be like, hey, this will probably just get hidden as soon as you send it yeah. because you're a monster. It's weird that it says that. Um, <laughs> Very intense. Uh, so Instagram said in, in its announcement, these new warnings let people take a moment to step back and reflect on their words and lay out the potential consequences should they proceed. Uh, since launching comment warning, we saw that reminding people of the consequences of bullying on Instagram and providing real-time feedback as they're writing the comment is the most effective way to shift behavior. So apparently their data has shown that their warning system was pretty effective. So hopefully this will go another step further to like, help protect people from online harassment.
1: Yeah, Yay. which is great. And I'm glad that they're doing something about that.
0: Yeah, and the only thing is they didn't offer specifics on what kind of language or comments would be hidden, so but other than the whole stuff that's been reported in the past. So Mm-hmm. It seems like a nice thing. Yeah. There's like there's no reason for like the negative comments on there. No,
1: there's not. Like, and it's a private platform, so they can,
0: they can do what they do want. Do what they
1: want yeah. with that kind of thing. And so it's not you know I, sometimes I hear people talking about like, oh well, this is like censoring people, and it's like, well, it's a private platform yeah. and they're allowed to make it, it a nice place right. for everyone if they want right so it's,
0: like it's in, like, it's in their best interest as the platform to have it be a place where people feel positive and yeah. encouraged and not negative,
1: yeah, and so, since they
0: are a private company, they're fully they're fully allowed to do whatever they think I think makes sense there
1: that they're fully allowed to do it, and I fully support that so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I fully support censoring people who are horrible. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like,
0: I'm sorry, that's a controversial really want... sentiment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know like people think that. But anyway, oh, yeah. I, oh, I, know. I, yeah. I think this is great.
0: Yeah, this sounds this sounds good to me.
1: All right. My next story is science news. This is from inverse.com. And the headline is, dogs surprisingly don't care about human faces.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is it really surprising?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that surprising to me, but they acted like it would be surprising to people in general. Yeah. So... A new study suggests dogs might not be as into our faces as we are into theirs. (laughs) Humans and primates as well have a demonstrated love for faces so much that we've evolved a whole section of our brains to process both human and non-human faces. Like in a special way. Hmm. But while previous research suggests dogs can hold eye contact and even read our emotions via our facial expressions, researchers had never tested whether dogs' brains were wired to prefer faces in the same way as humans. Well, now we know, unlike humans and primates and even tortoises, apparently, oh. which I'm like, oh, how did you, you've tested they stick tortoises? Ar- they stick around
0: for a really long time, so maybe it's just something to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess I'll care about faces. They're just bored, so <laughs> yeah, that's why I had this. chew happens. this
1: lettuce. Um, um, so, yeah, this study showed that dogs' brains react the same way to a face as they do to the back of someone's head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they hate to see you come, but they also don't care when you leave.
1: <laughs> I, I, um, in the study, which was published on Monday in the jur- journal J Neurosci, Researchers scanned both human and dog volunteers' brains using <laughs> functional buttons. fMRI, and I'm pretty sure that the dogs' owners volunteered them. But right. yeah, yeah, they were all um, family dogs that had been that were used to being around people that they used for the experiment. That makes sense. So they had 30 humans uh, participating and 20 dogs, and they basically they showed them videos of human faces, dog faces, the backs of human heads, and the backs of dogs' heads. And did functional MRI scans and showed like how their brains reacted to those, and the dogs preferred the dog faces, but there was no difference between like a face and the back of the head of for each for so like for dogs and for humans like the so face dogs and the back.
0: liked the back of a dog head more than the face or the back of a human face
1: i believe so <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: not the back of a human face that's like, horrifying
1: I know. <laughs> they, they showed them the back of it's like what the heck oh
0: what kind of study <laughs> is this study where is this? did you get pictures of the back of people's faces
1: oh <laughs> what is this um yeah they they like their brains lit up more so when they were just looking at dogs versus looking at people yeah which was a surprising finding, I guess. Um, but they did note that other studies have shown that, like, dogs still, you know, like lo- can love their own, like, love humans and stuff and feel really positively towards them. They, they just don't like process faces the same way that we do. Basically, right. that's all that it showed.
0: Oh, they, they, just, just There's a there's like a, a a sphere on the top of your there's body, just, and they're just like, well, that's there.
1: Yeah, like they know they know who you are, but your face isn't Important part of it. <laughs> Yeah, your, your face isn't important to them because it's, honestly, it's probably just based on smell. Honestly, yeah, that's true. Right? Like, don't dogs do tons of stuff like with? I think yeah, sensing things and like uh, with you know, their sense of smell and just other senses. I guess I don't know. Yeah, so that's it's probably, probably just true. That. But yeah, so that was a fun uh, so don't, fun yeah, science. Don't
0: bother putting on makeup for your yeah, dog. yeah. Don't
1: you don't have to look nice for your dog? Yeah. They,
0: they, they just
1: don't even pay attention. Yeah. They think the back of your head and your face look the same. Yeah, just put some sunglasses
0: so. on the back of your head and they'll they'll be none the wiser. Right. My next story is space news. This is from Gizmodo. These 24 planets might be better places to live than Earth, astrobiologists say. <laughs> what? I feel like the headline's pretty misleading.
1: (laughs) Wait, wait, did you say astrobiologists?
0: Astrobiologists. Oh. Yeah.
1: Have we talked about that before?
0: Astrobiologists specifically? I don't know. There's like astrophysicists. I don't know if there are astrochemists. Are there... Astrobotanists. Yeah. (laughs) Astrogeologists. I assume all of these could exist if we actually had the means to, like, study some of these things. Cool. Anyway. (laughs) Um... A research team led by Dirk Scholes McCook from Washington State University has identified twenty four exoplanets with conditions that could make them more suitable for life than Earth, making them, quote, super habitable.
1: <laughs> super Which habitable. Is
0: more habitable than habitable, I guess. I'm gonna be saying habitable a lot, or yeah. So I hope I'm all saying right. it's. I hope it's not habitable.
1: Um, I think it's habitable. I think, I it's think habitable. that's the right way. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, sadly, all these exoplanets are further away than 100 light years,
1: oh. and
0: also further down. There's even more reasons why this might not even be anything. <laughs> so, I'm get to that in a second. Um, so, for an exoplanet to be consider- considered super habitable, they should be older, larger, heavier, warmer, and wetter than the Earth and ideally located around stars with longer lifespans than our own sun. Considering it took 4 billion years for complex life to emerge on earth, it's conceivable that many stars like our sun expire prior to spawning complex life. Uh, because ours last, it has a lifespan of about 10 billion. So we're technically under halfway through its lifetime, but it's still in the grand scheme of things. We're not, it it doesn't have that long to live. Hmm. Uh, Consequently, the authors say we should be on the lookout for exoplanets located within the habitable habitable zones of K-dwarf stars, which are cooler, smaller, and less bright than the sun and shine for upwards of 20 to 70 billion years and thus like, would have a longer time to foster life. Hmm. Uh, older planets are also more habitable because... Exhaustion of internally generated heat in the planet may result in eventual cooling, which has consequences for global temperatures and atmospheric composition. Basically, when it's older, that means that the core is probably cooled down and that's better for the planet. Um, Super habitable planets are also bigger and heavier at about 1.5 times our planet's mass and about 10% uh, larger in size. Such planets would feature more habitable... (laughs) Uh, terrestrial t- surfaces as long as they have sufficient plate tectonics to form large land masses like continents. Um, a slightly heavier planet also means stronger gravity, which helps to retain an atmosphere for prolonged periods. And in addition to that, uh, super, hab- super habitable planets should pack plenty of moisture, clouds, and humidity, and an oxygen content between 25 to 30%, whereas I think the Earth is like 21% oxygen in huh. our atmosphere. Um So the combination of all these factors along with a warmer temperature uh, would suggest that these planets would have, like, vast tropical areas and fewer cold, dry regions. So they wouldn't have, like, a Russia. They would have, like, that tropical zone would be much larger Hmm. and much more conducive to life. Also, <laughs> there's a lot of criteria for these things being yeah. super habitable uh They should feature a large moon at a moderate distance. Our moon, mm-hmm. in addition to creating ocean tides, also slows down the rotation of the earth, which I did not realize oh. was a feature of that, and it keeps the <laughs> tilt of our axis stable over time, which creates our stable seasons um otherwise, I guess the Earth could just be like wobbling around in its in its uh in its orbit so hmm. uh. Anyway, equipped with all of these criteria, this long list I've just given you, the scientists took a look at 4,500 known exoplanets to see how many might actually qualify as being potentially superhabitable. Of these, only 24 stood out. Um, It's 24 out of 4,500. But none of them met all of the listed criteria for superhabitability. Um, One exoplanet... Exhibited three of the listed criteria, which was the most of any exoplanet. And also, to be clear, many of the criteria, such as atmospheric oxygen, plate tectonics, geomagnetism, and natural satellites, are currently beyond our ability to detect. So I don't really know how they're drawing this conclusion at all.
1: (laughs) They're like, well, we can't really detect this, so...
0: Also, two of the planets that are included in the 24 are... Only two of them are scientifically validated planets. The remainder of them are on the list of unconfirmed Kepler objects of interest. So some of these exoplanets might not even be planets at all. So we're based like there's like celestial bodies we know are out there, but we don't know for sure they're planets even. But we're like drawing all these conclusions. This is so So I'm just like
1: strange. So
0: from this article, (laughs) take away that there is such a thing as a superhabitable planet and there are conditions that we know would probably make that the case. Okay, But we don't necessarily know for sure that these 24 are actually those. It's more like these are 24 that maybe could be them if they're planets and also if the criteria are met. I think it's mostly has to do with the stars that they're orbiting and where they are around okay. them. I think that's got to be most of yeah, what they're that's drawing something their conclusion from.
1: I'm sure we can – of the things we try to observe and calculate, that mm-hmm. is probably –
0: the and easy, like one of the easier right. ones, right? And like that specific type of star and planets being in that specific zone away from the star is probably pretty uncommon in and of itself. Yeah. So that's why they can narrow it down so much, right? Um, also, <laughs> <and> this. <laughs> I don't know. We also don't know about the potential knockoff effects of these conditions. They sound good on paper, but in reality, it could be vastly different. As these environmental characteristics could correct, collectively result in conditions wholly unsuitable for Wait, life. So they so don't even make like, the just
1: conditions. So they're also, just like, also, we also they're don't throwing really away know. the criteria. Really. <laughs> Yeah, and after after we wrote all of this, we don't even really know if these criteria really make sense. We're just kind of guessing. So, so, who knows yeah. anything? Like
0: half the reason like, okay. I brought this article is because it's just like it's super long, and then it immediately throws out everything. that it's talking <laughs> to.
1: That is that is. But uh, yeah, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is.
0: A waste Bizarre?
1: of time. <laughs> a waste of time. Misleading a little bit that in the headline.
0: Yeah the the headline is incredibly. these 24 planets might be better places to live than earth
1: Uh, Uh, we don't know we don't know the planets
0: we don't know that they would be better to live than earth we just have like i guess scientifically backed theories that they are but we also don't know for sure because we've never seen these like conditions in combination and also we don't know for sure that these planets even meet those conditions anyway (laughs) space news
1: (laughs) that is someone published this in a paper (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> like can i just publish like oh yeah. my theory on sure um what would make a fun planet to exist yeah can i just do be really that? fun like, if
0: a planet was made mostly of noodles and
1: yeah and when we look at the stars in the sky the real the really far ones we don't know what they are they could be noodles they could know.
0: also be noodles most of i mean i don't know if you know this but most of space
1: noodles <laughs> I mean, if a planet exists but there's nowhere there's no measurement tools to measure or see the planet uh-huh is it made out of noodles?
0: <laughs> my How do you theory know? my theory yes Prove me wrong science
1: all right, it's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. noodles. Ready, set, go! go. All right. Uh, my breaking news story is that the champion of Fat Bear Week has been announced. Burr, burr, burr. Burr, burr, burr. Burr, burr, that was clever. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and the winner is a bear named 747, which I don't know how I missed that in I've, the bracket, but yeah. I've
0: definitely heard of this one. I think we've talked about it before.
1: We talked about 747 before? I think so. Oh, I guess I just forgot. Not well this year, but Yeah, not last, last week. Yeah. So the final matchup was between Chunk, who oh, we did talk hey, about yeah. last week, and 747. And 747 won. Um he had I think he had 47,300 votes.
0: That's quite a few total. votes. Total.
1: And Chunk had um 20 21,900 votes around there. So All right.
0: So yeah. fair play to four seven forty seven
1: mm-hmm he won fair and square
0: I did a lot remember of
1: participated
0: I did remember to go on and vote one of the days, but it seems like with the bracket thing, you could only vote on the couple pairs a day, yeah, so that's so I only remember to do it once. One of my votes was for chunk though, so yay i did I did do my part,
1: yeah, when I voted, chunk wasn't on there, so I voted for some other ones, but yeah. Yeah, I remember
0: when I voted, the vote, t- vote totals were pretty low, except for Chunk. Like, even in the oh, other yeah. matchup between the other two bears, like, they didn't have that many votes. I guess people were just really going all in for Chunk.
1: Yeah, he was a fan favorite. I think this was a uh, an upset. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: this, this was Chunk's year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. um, um,
0: congratulations, though, to 747. Yes,
1: congratulations, 747. I hope you... All the best. All the best during your hibernation this yeah, year.
0: Enjoy sleeping the entire winter. I wish I could. Yeah,
1: I, honestly that sounds pretty great. Oh, doesn't
0: that sound amazing? That sounds amazing right now. To wake up in the spring. Yeah. Uh,
1: that'd be really wonderful, actually. That'd
0: be, oh, that'd be really great. Right, my breaking news story is from Nintendolife.com
1: Oh, Nintendo News. I wonder
0: what it could be about. Um, so <laughs> Nintendo has announced that's. well, I guess technically Universal Studios has announced that Super Nintendo World Will now be opening in spring of 2021, which is a Nintendo like theme park area in Universal Studios, Japan. Whoa. It's only in Japan for oh. now. For now, could okay. co- it could spread. I don't know. It's like how Harry Potter started only in Florida and is now also in uh, California. So, yeah. Um, they also revealed a new Mario Cafe and store that will be in. Um, I think it's kind of like how the Universal Studios in Florida has that, like, town area. Oh, yeah. Outside of that. Yeah, there's, like, a similar thing. And they're going to have, like, a Mario Cafe in store.
1: Cool. With
0: Mario-themed food and, obviously, a lot of merchandise. That's fun. Uh, Universal initially postponed the park's opening this summer. It was originally going to have its grand opening fall in line with the Mm -hmm. Summer Olympics. So it was going to be the same. And once those got delayed, and, I mean, obviously because of the pandemic. Um, Right. So, like I said, they also revealed a new cafe and store will be opening. It stores uh, – that's actually opening next week on the 16th. Wow. Um, And it offers Mario Luigi-themed food and drink official products to spend your money on and (sighs) is decorated with lots of Nintendo goodness. And I want to show you some pictures.
1: I want to know, like, what – is a Mario themed drink.
0: Oh, I'm going to show you.
1: Oh, great. I don't know what the
0: actual drink is, but they have a picture of it. Okay. This is just concept art for the, the cafe. It's very cute. Oh, it's so cute and fun. Um, this is like a concept art of the storefront. Uh, yeah. And then, so here's like what the drinks look like. (laughs) You've the got like a little. The have, straws have mustaches. mustaches on them. Mustaches on them, which is really cute. <laughs> That's
1: so creative. And then
0: these are pancake sandwiches, which are pancakes with like cream and then fruit in between them. Don't those look good?
1: I don't think I've ever heard of a pancake sandwich. I haven't either. It.
0: it might be like a like a something they do in Japan hmm. that I've never heard of before. And then some kind of little uh, mushroom shaped like cup. A cup. And then here's like concept art of the store. Which looks like a store. Yeah. Um. But man, I really want to go to this. (laughs) I wish it wasn't only in Japan, but I guess I could go to Japan, right? One day. One day. One day. Someday.
1: Someday.
0: (laughs) Someday, Japan will come. Someday
1: we'll leave again. I would, yeah, I would go to that store if if it wasn't an accessible distance from me. Yeah. That's super cute. I love the little tables.
0: The tables that are mushrooms? Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Like it just makes the whole
1: room look like it's like a mushroom field.
0: (laughs) I want more Nintendo themed things in the world. (laughs) That's, that's (laughs) That's all I want.
1: All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description.
0: You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash news on Twitter at at news and on Instagram at News.
1: All right, we'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.